podcast is a part of the Across Tides Ministry Collective. Find out more at www.acrosstides.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Awkward Pastor Podcast. We've been off for a couple of weeks because we had spring break. We traveled to Boise, Idaho to see the Almighty Under Oath. Uh, About halfway through that trip, I ate a cheeseburger at Five Guys, and I'm contemplating suing them because after eating Five Guys, I came home and I got a gastrointestinal virus, and I lost 12 pounds. And if you've ever seen a picture of me, uh, I don't have 12 pounds to lose. I look like an anorexic ginger stepchild, which is what I am. So welcome in to another episode. Today we have Dave the intern. Say what's up, Dave. What's up? I'm here. And we have two guys with an organization called Gamerosity. And if you're wondering what the heck that is, Seems about right. We'll get into that a little bit later. But we've got a guy named Manny. Say what's up. What's up? You don't have to actually say what's up. You literally told me to say you what's up. You told us to say that. Griff, say something else. Hi. Perfect. I'm Griff. Uh, yeah, so that's everybody that's in on this episode. So a couple of things are pretty cool about this episode. One, this is the first time that the Awkward Pastor podcast has ever been recorded outside of our garage. So we're actually on site here in like a warehouse. This like is a big gr- day for you guys. It's huge, yeah. man. This it's is epic. Historical landmark. For and our we podcast. have technically two guests on at one time. <laughs> well, you had five guys earlier, so. Well, we're about to kick Manny off. So <laughs> Manny, you had a good run. Nice knowing you guys. <laughs> that was a old good man jokes are not accepted here. <laughs> I'm more awkward than past. I guess. But I think we can now uh, point out that. Uh, Two people are on this podcast are dads, because uh, that was a dad joke for yeah. sure, yeah. for yeah. sure. So you're a father of how many? Two, two, two children. Uh, and how the heck do you say your last name? Munoz. Like I don't want to get racial here or anything, but if you're in Southern California, you say Munoz. If you're in Oregon, which we are, you say Munoz. Yeah, I still need Munoz. 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 There you go. You got it. Uh, and Griff, what the heck is your last name? Hardcastle. I can say that one. That's a that's a white. white guy name. <laughs> <laughs> so this well, podcast I'm Asian. It's part of that, it's well, part of that era where I'm white sorry. people gave themselves last names over what they had in their possession. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. What what does Moon? I can't say it. Munoz. I don't know. Was, what does it mean? I have no idea. I know that my great 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 grandfather changed it from Lopez to Munoz because he murdered a guy in Mexico. And that's, that's my family thing. history, so watch your backs. <laughs> so if this podcast doesn't go well and doesn't bring a bunch of business to you, then you're going to murder us and then change your name back to Lopez? <laughs> yeah, it's going to go back to Lopez, <laughs> which would make me pretty anonymous here. In, uh, yes. You would <laughs> definitely blend in with all of the other Lopez's here in Southern Oregon. But then uh, you can pronounce Are it. you at all related to, to any of the other Lopez's, like George? No. Oh. That you know of. I mean, <laughs> this is the Christian pod, awkward pastor it. Christian podcast. So, at some level, we're all related, right? And we we're gonna go with that. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't that creep creep you the crap out? I mean, dude, like, what is what? It's just a weird thing to say. How does that like? How do we get from Adam and Eve and like, not all be like kissing cousins and like one tooth, one arm kind of like hillbillies? Never been a problem for Griff. <laughs> Are you from Grant's Pass? Uh, no, I don't have oh. any cousins. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we could dive into that and ask why, but I mean, I'm assuming it's just, you know, you, you killed them all? You wouldn't want to know. Yeah. You killed them all. You killed them all. Right on. Uh, so usually we start off this podcast by playing a game that w- we like to call things we hate and things we love. Um, and uh, so, so since you guys are our guests and we didn't prepare you for this whatsoever, uh, is there something that right now is just really bothering you? It just pisses you off. Something you just hate. Well, we were venting tomorrow or yesterday. What did we talk about yesterday? Uh, we were venting nonstop. 
It was but obviously something that really irritated me. Yeah, you, so, yeah. you spend 60 hours a week with somebody, and it's going to... So you just hate each other then? No, I, well, I hate I hate his team. I hate the Giants. Is that how? Oh yeah, everybody hmm. hates the Giants, right? They they're the worst. How dare you? Oh, they're just awful. Sorry. I mean, to be honest, how, what team do you like? Um, it's going to be embarrassing to say, but I, I'm an I'm an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. <clears throat> how many championships have you guys won in the last five years? Uh, zero. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're only yeah. at three, how many? So. Uh, how many? How many pitchers? <laughs> how many pitchers have you guys had that have thrown a ball and killed <clears throat> a wild animal midair? <laughs> <laughs> Answer me that. I'm gonna go ahead and say none. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought because we 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 have one. You have one. <laughs> yeah, Randy Johnson. Killed a bird by throwing a baseball. Look it up on YouTube. Killed? Look it up on YouTube. It's the greatest video Talk about no. hate. He must <laughs> really not <laughs> yeah, like He obliterated a bird. Yeah. He turned a bird into dust with a he baseball. He turned a bird into a <clears throat> pillowcase. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Making the Arizona Diamondbacks the greatest baseball team. <laughs> so it's that's not about where, wins. It's not about championships. So that's where your fandom dead animals. comes from then. No, it's, it's super weird because I'm born and raised Oregon. Uh, so I like everything Oregon. I hate everything California. I hate everything oh. Washington. So it's it's no offense You're to the Giants. You're just a hater then. I'm a hater. It was. Fine. You also hated everything Idaho until we went to Boise. Yeah, and now Boise is, is cool. just incredible. Um, but but the thing that's just super cool is uh, my uncle moved to Arizona about the same time that Randy Johnson was pitching, and then they won the World Series that year. And he bought me a jersey. I was a little kid, man. It was it was awesome. And so ever since, I've been a Diamondbacks fan. And I can't I can't root Mariners because they suck, uh, and they're from the state of Washington. And I can't. I'm, I'm kind of like the Dodgers. I'm a Dodgers guy. If I if I had to pick a California team, good, good one to go with. Are you are you a Dodgers yeah, fan? Yeah, I grew up in LA and been a Dodgers yeah. and Laker fan since as long as I can. And Clayton Kershaw is just the greatest He's a man. Freaking man. He's yeah. a freaking stud. Did you cry when during Kobe's last game? How many times did I cry? Is the question. <laughs> man. I'm like, so many tears. I grew up, man. Like I've been a fan since before Kobe, you know. And so to see that whole career sort of like evolve like that, you know, I've been a fanboy my whole life, yeah. you know, and so. Yeah, it was it was pretty emotional watching that, and yeah, made sure yeah. I was surrounded by uh, non-judgy people <laughs> who would accept me for the yeah, big I, whimpering baby I was. I I actually kind of like did a little bit of a dance of joy being a Blazer fan my entire life. I hate Kobe. I hate everything that he stands for. <laughs> He's like my ultimate nemesis. But I have to say, I mean, now that he's retired, I can admit to this: he's one of the greatest ever. Oh yeah, yeah. but. A couple of days ago, I would have not said that. I would have said, Kobe sucks. Sure. He's old. Just go. <laughs> then he dropped 60 on you. you then he dropped 60. <clears throat> but I think we can all agree. Um, we all hate Golden State, right? I mean, Yeah, not a fan. Uh, not a fan. And, and I'm going to say it here first. You've heard it right here, America. Awkward Pastor Podcast. Steph Curry, I believe he sold his soul to the devil. Just saying. <laughs> You know, some people would like to say he's a Christian. I'm calling that into question. There's some evil stuff going on with Steph Curry. I mean, has anybody have anybody watched how he plays the that game of basketball? Voodoo witchcraft. <laughs> it's totally it voodoo witchcraft stuff. Uh, I'm calling it right now. Some people think Donald Trump is the Antichrist. Some people think it's Obama. No, America. It's Steph Curry. Steph Curry. <laughs> it's freaking Steph Curry. <laughs> Because he's won everybody's hearts, man. You never know. Yeah, people just love him. The other day, a kid walked into my youth room for youth group wearing a Golden State hat. And I just wanted to backhand him, which I'm not allowed to do because this is in the 70s. I wish I was a youth pastor in the 70s. That would have just been better. But, yeah, I can't backhand kids. I can't even play Chubby Bunny anymore, so they can't, like, trick the kid into choking on marshmallows. <laughs> so... <laughs> He just got to he got to wear the Golden State hat, and I all I had to do was just make fun of him the whole time. Uh, so that was a bummer. It sucked. But uh, I'm being real. Steph Curry is the Antichrist. He's the worst. No one should be able to shoot a basketball like that. Like it's just not possible. And people around the shop that that we're in right now are looking at me like I'm insane. But I'm not insane. Okay. That's I, what all insane people say. <laughs> okay, I might be somewhat insane, but I'm 100% right. 
about this Steph Curry is the Antichrist thing. Okay? And you know, the, the, you know the, the, t- the team members that he has around him, the horsemen of the apocalypse. Just saying. They, they beat the Bulls' record. It's bringing about the apocalypse. Dave, thoughts? It makes sense. Yeah. I uh, don't the, have thoughts. I don't care. Can, can, we go, can we go, Christian, here? Does that line up with your biblical worldview? Does that sound pastorly? You can say that even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How's your heart on that? Do you <laughs> echo far from that? I <laughs> do, you, do you echo that? <laughs> I've not thought about it enough no. to have. Any. No, Manny, how's your heart on that? I think Steph's the real deal, man. <laughs> you think he's the real deal? You just oh, think yeah. he's the best ever? Uh, I've never seen someone play ball like he played ball. Yeah, it's because no other basketball player has sold their soul to the devil <laughs> like Steph Curry. Well, you want to see a real basketball player, Damian Lillard. That guy can ball. Oh, okay. This is where this is coming from. It's coming from that Portland bias, huh? It is. Lillard yeah, completely. Ball. Lillard can totally ball. Steph is just out of this universe. It's not bad yeah, being out of two. this universe into the seventh realm of hell, <laughs> where he crawled up out of, and he's using his cute little daughter to, you know, deflect everybody. You know, just saying. Meanwhile, people are just turning off this podcast. That was that was the last statement yeah, that we'll ever you're be heading into the playoffs and you're going after like this yeah, team that just made a like history. You know people in Southern I'm Oregon by default identify with Well yeah, because they're winning. Team. Because yeah. because course, especially the because they're winning. No one would have said they were a Golden State Warriors fan like eight years ago. Not even three two years ago. Three years ago. Back in yeah. the run DMC days. But people are all about it now. Well, yeah, but Run DMC didn't ever really got to that level. You know, everybody expected them to be great, um, which which brings me to the thing that I love today. We're for some reason we're going all sports today, which is cool okay. with me. We but I like, imagine a bunch of all nerd- done a lot of like all movies and music. Before, yeah, so, so this is good to go. Change it up. This is good to go sports. ESPN has released their their newest Thirty for Thirty documentary. And if you don't know what a 30 for 30 documentary is, that's okay. It just means you're a nerd and you have never stepped out and watched anything of sports. Uh, but 30 for 30, they're, they're documentaries that do 30 minutes, 30 years, uh, 30 different directors. It's all, it's all 30. Uh, that's why they call it that, I you think. You tell one of the director must have been a pastor at some point. Yeah, because it's all that cool alliteration and cool repeats. Now, what do I love? ESPN just released their newest 30 for 30 documentary about the one of the greatest teams in NBA basketball history. Uh, it's called This Magic Moment. It's about a mid-90s basketball team from Orlando called the Orlando Magic, key-lined by a little-known basketball player by the name of Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and my favorite basketball player of all time Penny Hardaway. It's your favorite, huh? Definitely, man. I mean, when everybody else was going Jordan there in the Mm mid-90s, I was rocking the black and white pinstriped number one jersey. Everybody else was going Jordans for shoes. I had the little pennies. Because, I I mean, my feet were really little, too. So they were the little, little pennies. Uh, I drank Sprite exclusively because Chris Rock had the whole dummy little penny ads going on. Uh, And it all started with a Super Nintendo game called NBA Jam. And you could only play two players. And they actually, in the 90s, kids, this this is a little throwback. They didn't allow you to play as Michael Jordan on... That's video right. games because he was so freaking good it, it, you couldn't even make him into a video game no they couldn't license him that too he couldn't even afford his image right uh so you had to kind of pick somebody else and nobody was playing a scotty pippen maybe now people can you know say scotty pippen is this great sports icon but he will always be the robin and nobody like gets up every day and goes i want to be robin everybody wants to be batman and so I went completely different. I almost went Marvel Universe uh, for those nerds out there in the sports world and picked the Orlando Magic. And Penny Hardaway was my guy. So what I love is the fact that ESPN has chosen to make a documentary about the Orlando Magic. Notice we don't have a Golden State Warriors documentary. Notice we don't even have a Chicago Bulls one. They chose the team that never won a championship, 
They came so close until Shaquille O'Neal sold out and went over to the stupid Lakers. That's stupid. That was a brilliant move. And you know, while we're here, let's have yeah. a moment of silence for Nick Anderson. Right. May he rest in peace. Mm. Poor soul. Okay. There was the moment. That was, that was all it took. That was four missed free throws in a row? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, all he had to do was make one. All he had to do was make one, but he didn't. And all Shaquille O'Neal had to do was just take less money, play in a smaller market, and stick around. And who knows, Orlando could have won a championship. Totally would have been a good career move from, from you know, instead of going to L.A. and winning multiple championships, making a lot more money, playing with a better team, having a stellar acting career. I think we should probably go around and say our favorite Shaquille O'Neal movie now at this point. It's the logical way. And then the nerds can kind of relate. What's the one Shazam, where he's a Yeah, the one where he's a genie. I think Shazam is probably his best. What about Steel? I watched that movie five or six Steel was great as well. If you like bad acting, terrible script, horrible cinematography, great movie. At that point, they smartened up and stopped uh, stopped having him headline movies, and he only did. Yeah, yeah, and now he's now he he's bit parts in Adam Sandler movies, uh, which is great. He he was pretty good in Grown Ups too. Just show up and do that weird crooked smile, and here's a check. And and take your shirt off and shimmy, just shimmy. Uh, So let's go ahead and uh, interview our guests, shall we? Instead of just making them talk to us about sports. Yeah. And commenting on how messed up our lives are. Uh, what the heck is gamerosity, man? What does that even mean? Gamerosity is uh, as clever of a name as I could think of for Sweet. games and generosity being pushed together, um, which was kind of a standard I wanted to set for the organization um, of you know a culture that we never wanted to leave. You know, we wanted it to always be about. You know the entertainment for the kids, but um, generosity being you know the foundation of which um, we grow. And so that's all that's right. So it's it's a mix between games and generosity. Wow, yeah. I did not know that. That's that's it. Uh, and I'm gonna be real. I have about 15 gamerosity T-shirts. Uh, it might all be because you that's guys cute. just did a ridiculous giveaway where you could walk in and fill a bag. Yeah. Full of shirts for twenty dollars. It was kind of funny. I had people telling me like, "Oh, you should do this more often." And I'm like, "You know that that sale was an admission of failure, right?" Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we couldn't sell these garments, so we had to give them away at cost. You know, but um, yeah, obviously, apparel sales is a it's a foundation. It's a, definitely one of the core verticals that we use for fundraising. Um, we have yeah. a press, and I design, and sometimes I order too much blanks and. You know, I, I'll retire a design before we sell out of that product mm-hmm. because, you know, it's always as it always happens that way where it's like we run out of two X's or smalls or whatever, and I have a whole bunch of other sizes, and I don't feel like ordering, you know, a whole new run of smalls and whatever, and so I had a whole bunch left over and did a blowout sale to recoup some yeah. of that cost. Well, and when you move like to two different shops with like designs following you from less than a year ago when we were out in Eagle Point two shops ago it just kind of all accumulates and you don't want to move it anymore yeah so it was either organize it or put it on tables and let people take it for ridiculously cheap amounts of money well I was super stoked about it because literally everyone in my family now wears nothing but gamerosity <laughs> so if you're trying to get your brand out there done yeah the what's up Walmart min- <laughs> exactly yeah, man. wait till they go on the website and see garments $20 for a t-shirt <laughs> Come what on, I could buy 50 of these. $10 helps a child with cancer smile. What? How about you just sell me the shirt for 10 bucks? <laughs> Sorry, I'm I felt salty, pretty bad man. too because uh, I didn't like I didn't uh, read very well onto the Facebook invite, so it's like a donation of bare minimum of $20. So like the right thing to do would have been like, hey, here here is like Fifty dollars. Well, yeah, everyone that else cool did that. You're the only one that did it. So, uh, yeah. So here, why don't, why don't we just make this this happen? So I'm getting out my wallet right now. You can give it to me. Let's go. Get the wallets out, everybody. You can have all the cash. In the uh, I have three dollars. I have one dollar. I now tender that to, to Gamerosity. Gamerosity just I bought came you coffee. Uh, that's cool. So, <laughs> so you know, three or four more hero nice. packages. There you go. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Almost three or four. Yeah, yeah. So, so, how, so is, that, is that like? 
It says three dollars. There's like an iPad three dollars. No, iPad no, that's like that. that is that is what we call a uh, a link in the chain. It's right. everybody's mm. something matters, which is why we don't have minimum donations at Seamerosity. Look at how nice so. you are, man. Like you know if, somebody, if I was running an organization like you are, I'd be like three dollars. You cheap so piece of crap. It's, it's it would only take 86 more of those donations to buy one iPad, so congratulations. 86 right more awkward pastors to hook it up. So, well, well, if Medford has anything, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, a lot of, of awkward pastors. pastors. Yeah, yeah. I think in general, the church, if globally. You, if you get them off the golf have. course, you may be able to get enough donations. <laughs> I think we need to get a couple of mega church pastors to pony up. <laughs> Maybe Creflo Dollar can stop worrying about buying freaking g6 airplanes <laughs> he could buy a kid in a dang ipad yeah. that'd be cool well you know we we it helps to be cool with small donations yeah when, like we don't have any staff really you know i don't get paid doing it so mm -hmm. if you want to give a dollar you you know my my son he saved like 75 cents one time and said he wanted to give it to gamerosity you know, what am I going to say? Like, no, we have a minimum donation of $5. Like, what a douche. Like, so th those, you know, and there are organizations and, you know, whatever. They, they do what they do. But there are people who have, like, minimum donations and stuff. And I just, that's not us. You know, we have no minimum donation. You want to donate a quarter, donate a quarter. You know, do, mm -hmm. do what you got to do. It all it all works out, you know. And, and I never want to turn anybody away because that $0.75 cents turned into about, $300 real quick when I posted on Facebook and said this little guy put forth 75 cents what can you do and right away all these donations came through so yeah wow. you know and I showed my little dude too I'm like you did this man you helped this kid get his hero package because you cared enough to get what you had mm -hmm. you know everybody's something matters well I think I think gamerosity is super cool man I think you know hats off to you to to starting it uh, I know it's it's something I've seen you post on Facebook and stuff you you, you say you, you hate that it exists, that yeah. you hate that you even have to do it. Yeah. Um, but I know for me, I, I first figured out what Gamerosity was. I moved down to Southern Oregon about four and a half years ago, uh, and I was working at another church, and uh, we were doing this cool like uh, event for kids in the community, and we needed some t-shirts made, and you hooked us up with some Gamerosity t-shirts. Uh, and I was like, all right. I asked the head pastor of the church, I'm like, what is Gamerosity? And he explained to me, he's like, you know, it's an organization that, that cares about kids with cancer and just wants to encourage them and help 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 them fight their way through it. And I just think that's so cool um, that you're a small organization that still cares uh, about a big problem. Mm. Um, you know, there's obviously the Children's Miracle Networks of the world. There's all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, what gave you the idea to even start something like this? Well, you know, I, I had cancer when I was 15 and... Um I did what most teenagers did once they got better, which was try to forget you got sick and move on and be as normal as you can. I mean, I seriously, I willed my eyebrows to grow back, you know, just <laughs> staring in the mirror as hard as I can, just come on eyebrows, you know? And, and so you just want to move on and be anonymous again. And so I did, and I kind of did life and, and, you know, pursued things that I felt were my calling and those were always like dead ends and stuff. And I just finally like decided just to, to dig into where I was at, which was this this small little screen printing company that me and a buddy ran. Um, and then we had a decent year and I just kind of, it was around Christmas time and I remember my son, who was three at the time, was like, he was dancing around the Christmas tree talking about all the stuff he was going to get for Christmas, which I'm sure we've all done. Yeah. But since I'm the jerk father that I am, I looked at him. I'm like this selfish little, you know. <laughs> I got. I look at Cat. I'm like I got to teach him how to be generous. And she looked at me like, yeah, because he's talking about like, getting iPads and games and stuff like that. I'm like, who are your parents, child? Like, <laughs> it's not me because I ain't got that kind of money for you, man. And so. Um, I put a post on Facebook and said, if, you know, does anyone know of a kid looking, you know, for a smile, you know, and I think I got to teach Malachi a lesson about generosity. And then I was about to hit send and I don't know why I just kind of said, preferably a child with cancer, just, just because, you know, I've been there and um, someone, someone put me in touch with um, this family whose 15 year old son had leukemia and, um, and I, so I called her up, his mom up, and let let them know what I wanted to do and stuff. And you know, a lot of, a lot needs to happen the right way for something to be successful. And and so like, dude, you should never be prideful about something being successful because yeah. you need all kinds of favors. And one of them was gracious parents. 
and they were cool with us meeting their family and stuff, a bunch of strangers, and I brought, you know, my wife and kids, and we went to their house, and we met Michael Bruin, 15 years old, and he just relapsed for, like, the second time with leukemia, and his Xbox 360 just broke, and so I was like, cool, let's go get an Xbox, you know, and um, I have this philosophy, and maybe just because, I, I, you know, I'm a minority, man, I grew up with, like, like, getting by, you know? Um, yeah. My parents were good and they worked really hard and we always, we always had enough, you know, but um, I always wanted the Nikes, you know, not the, not the, the British Knights, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the LA Gears, you know, I wanted the Nikes, I wanted the nicer stuff and, and I always wanted new, you know? And, and so instead of getting like a used Xbox, we got a brand new one because kids deserve the best. And so we did that and met him and I'm over here like, we're gonna, we're gonna hook this kid up and it's gonna be so cool for him. You know, we were there for like an hour at this kid's house, you know, delivering the package and talking to him, getting to know him and stuff. And we walked away, you know, we want to go treat ourselves at Noble and get some coffee and hot chocolate because we're so gracious. And I was just walking away just like on clouds, man. Just like, this was so rad. This was so awesome. You know, you kind of, there's this guilt that you haven't, at that point, it been like 12 years since I've been in treatment and it's like, 12 years I didn't do anything a dozen years gone by I've done nothing you know um, for a cause that I'm intimately aware of and um, so that was kind of that at that moment and then later on that evening I was just kind of stirring in my seat and I look at my wife Kat I'm like Kat I have an idea and she looked at me and she's just like oh no you know because like, <laughs> she know you know I I I I I'm um, I'm very, very emotional and very, very, um, not flamboyant, but everything has to be big, you know, like yeah. everything has to be a really big deal because that's how I, that's how I am, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my whole life, ironically, I wanted to be a youth pastor and it just never worked out, you know, like ever. And so it's how I've always tried to channel into something more, you know, more meaningful, more something that's just kind of made sense for me. And so... I told her, I'm like, I think I could do this, you know, on a bigger scale and we could help more kids. And she's like, okay, you know, and I kind of tell her the idea. And at first it was very, very vanilla, you know, it's once a month we're going to give a kid a new Xbox or PS3 or whatever. And, um, and I, I kind of was just like, maybe we could sell shirts or whatever, but now I got to have my business partner, Ryan Patch at the time, like buy in because now we're using our equipment for it, you know, and he has to be cool with it. And so I talked to him and he was like, yeah, how about we sell shirts and we use the money for that? And I'm like, good idea, <laughs> you know? And so like he was, he was in it and then like I, I, I was subcontracting graphic design work for um, this web company out in Jacksonville, Oregon. And I don't, I, I, like I'm not a great developer and the idea I had, which was this crowdfunding platform, um, that idea, I just can't execute it and I couldn't afford it either because we had no budget. Like, I remember I had to borrow like $50 just to like to, to pay the application fee for the 501c3 like we didn't have any money no budget <laughs> at all you know and so I needed I needed them to make the website and I needed them to do it for free and so I sat both the partners of this organization in the room and I told them what I wanted to do and I'm like in I'm like I just don't want a regular website and in my mind I'm like I want it to be a crowdfunding platform where each kid has their own page and then the community can support that child yeah you know so if your nephew niece whatever you know gets sick you you know you, you mentioned children's miracle network you donate a thousand dollars children's miracle network good on you but you have no idea yeah Not where it goes which kid and so like we've been stuck on this heartbeats and handprints idea where it's like you got to feel you got to know who it is you're supporting and through gamerosity you, you could actually choose the child you support. Um, and so that's what I really wanted. And so I was like, I really hope they go for this because this isn't a cheap option. Like, mm -hmm. like variable data is not something that's easy to do in the web world, you know? Yeah. And so I talked to them and I'm like, and I need it for free. Um, but I told them I just need a website. I gave them the overview of the idea. And I'm like, hopefully they, they're down with the crowdfunding thing, but I need their yes before they give me a no, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I told them and they said, you know what? Yeah, we'll do it. And then uh, one of the partners goes, what do, what do you think about doing like, like a crowdfunding thing with it? Great freaking idea, man. <laughs> yeah, let's do that, Sweet. you know? Like, we're all on the same page here. So it kind of worked out that way. And so the idea just sort of 
snowballed and evolved and, and forced me to have to depend on everybody's cooperation and support and involvement and stuff. And you never know, like, because you have those friends who know you, like they know you mm -hmm. and they know that like if you're full of crap, then they know you're full <laughs> of crap, right? Like they've yeah. seen you. Like, you lose weight. Like, I yo-yo I with my diet, with my eating, you know? So I'll go, like, 50 pounds overweight to, you know, thin and back and forth. So now you get to the point where you lose the weight, you don't even say anything because they're going to be like, oh, there goes Manny again, right? It was the same <laughs> as Give like, him a week. Yeah, it was yeah. the same exact like thing where it's just like, oh, there's Manny with another idea kind of thing. And it's just like, what are they going to do? And then, um, and it was like everyone just, like, bought in right away. It was super cool, you know? It's like there was just so many things going on and... It's pretty rad that it's all worked out, and you know, Griff. When Griff came on board, he was already a supporter of Gamerosity. He kind of saw it when I got the idea and was telling them. Uh, I was a, a youth leader at the church, and he was one of the high school kids, and and he was like, he remembers me like talking about wanting to do something like this and seeing the growth. So when he joined Forte, and I said, you know, Gamerosity is a huge part of it. Can you, you know, like we're going to be printing for free. Mm -hmm. for this nonprofit, which is going to take chunks of hours out of our work week or whatever. It was like a no-brainer for him. You know, yeah. We've opened up the space for Gamerosity over and over and over again. And, you know, it's, so it's been, it's been neat to kind of see it go from this, this thing that was because of Michael, you know, and, and using my experience sort of as the, the foundation of like the, the items we give the kids are all because of, of what I went through. Like I know the little things, the feeling left out, the wondering if people forgot about you, do you feel valued, am I worthless now, am I broken, all these things, we're able to channel into that and provide kids with items that reinforce positive things about their life and empower them through it. So we kind of went that route, you know, and, and it's been super humbling and amazing and, yeah. and shocking to see all the buy-in, you know, from locally to around the country, it's, it's been crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that that people have been supportive along the way. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's an idea that I think everybody can get behind. I think this this is not just a it's not a Christian organization, mm -hmm. but uh, obviously people within the church can support that. People without you know without a faith in Jesus can support that. I think yeah. everybody supports ending childhood cancer. Um, so. <laughs> have, have you had anybody that's gone the other way? Um. Not, we've had people upset that we don't put tracks in the hero packages uh -huh. and stuff like mm -hmm. that because we had to. I mean, the board, we sat down and we asked ourselves straight up, you know, are we going to be a Christian organization or a non-denominational, non-religious, mm -hmm. non-profit? And there was no really wrong answer from the start, yeah. you know, and it was pretty unanimous across the board that what we want to do is we want to practically, you know, touch lives um, in a way that there's no expectation. Mm -hmm. that our response is through the love of Christ, but it's not because I'm I'm obligated to yeah. by my nonprofit status, you know. If you don't accept Jesus, the hero package actually comes back. Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah. So it's been interesting, you know. There's obviously there's been um, there's been non non-believers uh, families that we've supported. There's been um, there's a Muslim family we supported who are just literally the freaking nicest most yeah. gentle people i've ever met you mm -hmm. know and it's allowed me to create these relationships with families from all kinds of background and and for me personally like to really look myself in the mirror and say like i'm not even compromising my my response to the reality of, of god's love at all by loving people the way God loved people like mm -hmm. yeah like you know Jesus wasn't he never got stopped for not being a, a, a denominational 501c3 <laughs> charity right he just yeah. like see so you're hungry freaking here's some food you know like yeah. thirsty bam there's some wine you know like it wasn't <laughs> like yeah so that was always a big thing for us was to make sure like if you want to know about my faith, you know, I got a personal page. You could go and friend request me and you'll see what I'm about. You know, as far as gamerosity, we're going to express God's love through very practical means using the mm -hmm. website and uh, sharing that. And it's been fruitful for us this, thus far. You know, yeah. as for the tracks, you know what? Non-denominational, Christian, religious, non-religious, I don't care what. I hate tracks. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Preach. It's, you know, honestly, it's so, it's so... Oh my gosh it, it's so like I can't tell you how many times being a Christian who 
like literally I moved up to Oregon because I got a job as a as a youth pastor for a boys ranch right and I'm walking around and like it's dead heat of summer I'm wearing a cut off and I got a tattoo and brown and sunglasses and all that I got these guys handing me tracks like like he obviously he's a Mexican dude with a bandana on he must not know who Jesus is look at how backwards his hat is yeah you know and so I've never liked tracks from the get or anything like that but I do share my personal heart like with the kids and the letters we write and some of them will have to do with you know religious type things like <laughs> praying for you or whatever but um if they want to know about my faith they'll see it just sprawled across my life yeah mm -hmm. and if that's not speaking to it then nothing i write down or no track will ever make any difference in their life mm -hmm. it's been mm -hmm. big for me yeah i think that's huge man I, I think relying on a track or relying on some piece of paper that you send out that's supposed to convey a message of crisis I'm like, it just doesn't do it personally i don't think we should hinge someone's eternal livelihood or eternal security um based on a little piece of paper that you hand hand to somebody i know growing up i mean i had big gauged ears i was a screamer in a metal band and had long hair down on my shoulders and i remember walking around my little christian oregon white kid town uh Everybody just assumed everyone was a Christian except for this little redheaded kid with divorced parents and broken home. And uh, I was handed tracks several times. And then finally, when I did decide to come to church, uh, I sat down next to a kid I went to high school with. And he said, wow, Garrett, I can't, I can't believe you made it into, into church. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man. He's like, I would have figured you would have burned as soon as you walked in through the door. <laughs> Oh like God. that's how much we look down upon people as Christians, and that's I, I think tracks just. Yeah. And, I try not to burn anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you're not burning right here. This right? is a Christian. Look podcast. at all my tattoos. Yeah, how close sorry. you are to this. One, you got one, two. Yeah, and then he takes his shirt two. off, and it's seventy. Yeah. You look like the guy from Prison Break. Right? <laughs> yeah, Prison Break. <laughs> uh, I personally don't have any tattoos, not because I don't want them it's just because i can't afford them like being a youth pastor can't you can't get, afford to buy tattoos you can't get like the hipster arrow no dude not even or the hipster, hipster arrow trees. or just, just like a, yeah just, just get a, minimalist just tattoos little, and it's like 80 dollars a piece just, just get a hexagon yeah I, i'm a youth pastor whose wife doesn't work and i have two kids under two dude and i have zero dollars works a lot <laughs> yeah well she works a lot but she doesn't get paid for it I just saved you Okay. Thanks, man. Thanks. I love that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you said you wanted to be a youth pastor growing up. It's yeah. kind of funny you said that because I've always wanted to uh, own a uh, screen printing business. Really? So if you'd like to just trade. Just trade. That'd be cool. You don't want to work with me, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I probably. Actually, we'd get along great. I think we're best friends. I, I, don't, think, I don't think I'd be hireable. Not because of yeah. my lifestyle, but... Because I've never been hired before at a church. So I imagine there's some That's a that. fair assumption. Yeah. I would love to hear, uh, I've heard part of that story. I'd love to hear more of that story. Not on the podcast, so we'll save it for later. But uh, we got to get back to gamerosity a little bit, not about whether or not we like being youth pastors. Uh, that's for a whole nother podcast. But youth pastors should get paid more. I will admit that. Um, so, or they uh, shouldn't get paid at all, one of the two. Not at all. Probably me, not at all. You don't need money. No, I don't need that. What are you thinking? You're Dave selfish. talks. Go ask a question, Dave. No, I was going to ask, after is, it. is Forte the, the screen printing company yeah. that you're working yeah. with? Yeah, so first? Forte Clothing Company is the name of, of our company, and it's a graphic design and screen printing company. We do, you know, t-shirts and logos and websites yeah. and business cards and all that stuff, and that's kind of what pays the bills. and gives the white hair and all that stuff and I guess Gamerosity does too but um, almost more so sometimes. yeah Gamerosity brings the white hair it doesn't pay the bills at all the facts, <laughs> it's a liability more than anything but um, yeah that's how we make a living you know and we, we put in anywhere between 50 and 60 hours a week just putting ink on garments and then you know and like literally yesterday I printed all the Gamerosity stuff and you get it all in and, and it's the worst jobs right like you see the stacks of shirts here mm -hmm. And each stack is for a job. It's the same print on every single one. Gamerosity is not that. Gamerosity is like 20 designs, and it's all these different garments. <laughs> on and 20 different shirts. shirts. Yeah, it's like three <laughs> yeah. of these, two of those, one of those. If you're lucky, you'll get five of one design, and you sit there and you spend more time setting up the screen and making sure it's not yeah. crooked than you are actually printing. 
you know, but um, it's it's a sustainable way for the organization to to you know pay for hero packages. We give ten dollars to to the campaign, and the rest covers the garment and mm-hmm. the bags and the poly stuff and all that mm-hmm. stuff that we use to ship. You know, and then we try to make it personal. I think you know Becca wrote letters and stuff, notes and stuff in the the hero or not the hero in the the guy the shipments and stuff today and. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to make it personal because, like, that's that's what I am. It, like, everything is just awkwardly personal with me. And well, and stuff like this can get so impersonal so quickly too. Because yeah, like, we're in here like, working like 50, 60 hours a week, yeah. not gamerosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we go and try and like, you print T-shirts, but you're not thinking about like who's buying them or anything yeah. like that. Like, if you're if you're lucky you have five or ten minutes to think while you're printing like oh this is actually really cool mm-hmm. like just to sit back and reflect on why we're actually doing it and what the t-shirts are supporting whereas like I'm sitting over here printing like 150 shirts of the same design over and over just trying to think of things in my head to keep my mind off yeah. of it so right, right. it's just a matter of like balancing our actual work with what we do for Gamerosity which sometimes is the same exact task yeah. it's just a matter of doing it intentionally and figuring out ways to do things better to where we can actually like it's embarrassing do things better to where we can make gamerosity grow while still keeping that like personal feeling with Mm -hmm. everything that we do that's what i was gonna ask is like because with a lot of organizations and especially Nonprofit ones that start out like super personal and super meaningful and intentional like as they grow it seems to become you, you have to discipline you have to discipline yourself to to stay personal all the time and if you can't you have to the exercise for me is to not be so prideful that I don't delegate that to people who can take on that personal aspect yeah and that was a big thing for me because as we grew I mean when we started it was like I was I was printing all the shirts, I was ordering all the shirts, I was packing all of them, I was packing all the hero packages, writing all the letters, I was calling all the parents. Like I did 90% of the, the work and, and all the tasks that had to be done and now that we've scaled up, you know, I can't always be that guy. I called the parents and, and the parents would want to talk for like 45 minutes to an hour just because of the personal part, like I had cancer and I started this organization and, and for a lot of the parents, they see it as, and they told me this, that it brings hope to them that their child will not just survive, but they'll survive and do something to bring yeah, it back yeah, full circle. Yeah. There's something special about that. And when you have kids, you just start thinking along those lines as well. That's kind of, so I don't want to take that away from the parents um, by rushing them off the phone because I have six more parents to call and I have other things I need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm donating this time or it's Saturday and I want to get back to like hanging with my kids. You know, yeah. my son's learning how to play Nintendo. You know, we gotta oh, yeah. be, we gotta That's be freaking Koopa, you know, like, so <laughs> we gotta focus on what we're doing. And so I don't want to do that. So what I've done in that instance, for, for example, is I have a um, incredible woman who lives in Mequon, Wisconsin. And her daughter survived leukemia. Her daughter's 21 now, and um, so she's been a huge fan of Gamerosity for a while. Huge supporter, um, and just she's she's an extension of my heart. And she calls all the parents. We have a spreadsheet that we that she has the numbers and all the information. She verifies the addresses, and she loves it. She talks for a half an hour each time with the with wow. the families, you know, and they love it and. You know, so we're able to keep that connection going, and then you want to bring around people who not just are doers, but have the heart behind it. You know, and so adding Rebecca to the team has been awesome. Like, like I told her that we want to have like a note that we that we write for the kids on there, um, just something that's encouraging, letting know that we're cheering for them. And, and mm-hmm. ran across one of her notes that she wrote to the kids. I'm like, this is better than what I write, you know? Like, <laughs> so you just you just want people, you know, who, who are extensions of your heart doing that when things stop getting as personal because you're scaling up. And then then you find your niche because it's always been about expressing, you know, and, and, and channeling all these emotions, negative, positive, all this stuff from this experience into something beautiful. And that's what gamerosity is. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, I have 
I have social media and I have Facebook or I use that platform and I express personally and it is weird that people know more about me than sometimes I'm comfortable with just because mm -hmm. they've they've you know done the Facebook thing and they know what's going on and stuff like I don't want you to know my kids names unless I tell you my kids <laughs> names you know but you know I get it I get it because people people want to know and and so you just it's a balancing act just trying to like to be gracious about it and understand that people's excitement is not a negative thing you know people wanting to get to know you and people wanting that personal touch we all want that and so if I can't then you find people to do it by proxy and it's not easy finding good people and, and I've been really really fortunate over the last four years I mean the, the, the team that's surrounded me and, and have made this thing go Everyone says great work, Manny, and, and, and I'm like, dude, like without these people, I'm still like literally, I'm in, the, I'm in the corner in the fetal position, just rocking back and forth, <laughs> you know, because it's it's a lot, yeah. and then and then you add on to it the the emotional aspect of mm -hmm. the fact that like we've lost, we've we've supported 450 kids, I probably have lost 50, and these are like hearts and souls and kids, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm children I've held, you know, that I've hugged and, and had a relationship with and we've lost them, you know, and so that there's that deep heaviness, this this blackness and all of it, you know, and you just carry it with you, you know, I always, I have this phrase that I say is you wear it like a scar, like yeah. you don't hide it, you just let it be a part of who you are and your identity, you just channel it and try to make something positive, you know, mm -hmm. like this right here, this tattoo is, is um, this is a tiger which is Michael Bruin's uh, favorite animal. And Michael passed away a year and a half ago. He was the boy who inspired me to start it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and things never go as planned in life. Yeah. And in my perfect world mind, you know, Michael was volunteering and helping me at Gamerosity and eventually being an intern and learning how to do all this stuff and mm -hmm. all that, you know, and then we lose him and it's like, okay, so it's not my plan, it's not, you know, I'm in charge of loving and not planning, so I'll just yeah. stick to that, that's kind of where I've been with it. Yeah, that, that adds a, like a whole nother aspect to it that I didn't even think of, is like, yeah, you're doing, you're running a business and, and this organization that's meaningful and it's something that like gives you some sort of purpose and ful fulfillment, but like with that comes like the dark aspect of it, of mm -hmm. having like, caring with people and caring for people that you like you said you lose and mm -hmm. that's rough like I like I, I obviously I haven't experienced it but like just like being so close to someone and keeping that intimacy like you're trying to do knowing that you could possibly lose another one like that's yeah. that's just a whole other like aspect of it that's tough you just you know you just surround yourself around people that that get you you know yeah. like like Griff gets me, and I, I like Griff because he rarely has the right thing to say. It's what he doesn't say that that's always like super special to me. Like, cause cause if I'm like beat up about something, he'll just he'll let it be, and then we'll go do something. You know, we'll go you know go get a coffee or whatever. Then I have other people where it's like that are way wiser than Griff, that actually will have the wise words to say, and I surround myself with them. You know, like my. The board treasurer, Mike Combs, is like, he's one of those guys where, he, and he knows, he, you know, he's always following on social media and stuff, and he knows if we lose someone, if I'm having a hard time, he'll go and, like, you know, go out the limestone and grab a coffee or just mm -hmm. hang out or whatever, or text me and just make sure I'm doing good. And so, you know, the circle gets smaller, but it's stronger, and that's what you want is strong circles, and mm -hmm. so that's kind of where we're at. So on the practical level, what goes into a hero package to send to a kid? Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's less heavy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See that, um, just change it right there. Yeah, so it's, it's cool. Like, like um, I've always wanted it to be about experience, you know, not just getting the, the package itself, but even what it's like to open a package. Like, so if you're a fan of like Nike or Apple, you're probably a fan of experience as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because when you get like a new Apple product, you know, you open it up and it's like just perfectly laid out. You yeah. Know? It's just like, that's what I wanted, you know? And so we have lofty goals for how we want to accomplish that. But for now, within our budget, you know, it, it's in a box and um, they open it. It's just, it has the letter that's written right on top and then it's covered by a cape. 
And so that's all they see, you know, and then they read the letter, they take off the cape and there's actually a backpack in it. Um, so it's a really nice OGO backpack, like lots of room, protects the, the iPad and all that stuff. So that's super important, obviously. Cats out of the bag, an iPad. Um, <laughs> so we have an iPad, a shock absorbent case, which we learned in week two that you don't give kids smart covers, you give them shock absorbent cases. Um, and so we give them a shock absorbent case, a $50 iTunes gift card. If you don't think the family needs a gift card, then you don't understand what it's like to have a child in the hospital. You know, yeah. all the expenses are on so much else. So we give them a gift card so they could get all the apps and movies and music they want. You know, it's, it's super important. So we do that. We give them headphones. Um, lots of these kids get spinal taps, uh, which I've, I've been the recipient of uh, innumerable amount of spinal taps. Um, which involves a needle up your spine where they drain your spinal fluid and they inject it with chemo. Wildly painful and a really weird feeling because it's messing with your nerves and stuff back mm -hmm. there. And so these are little kids that gotta go through that. And so when, I, when we added the headphones to the hero package, that was the main thing I was thinking of, was for them to be able to like put on their headphones and have their favorite movie going on, TV show, whatever, and just focus on that while they're getting, you know, a spinal tap, a lumbar puncture. And so, um, so they get headphones, um, they obviously they have the cape. We, uh, then there's the personal stuff that's really special. You know, we have um, a beanie that's crocheted by a woman named Diane in Ohio. And she crochets them for free. Her granddaughter had leukemia and she's fine now. And she was a gamerosity kid. And she wanted to show her support and give back by crocheting the beanies we give the kids. Mm. The girls are super feminine, they have like little flowers on them and stuff that's adorable and, and the boys get beanies too and so she makes that and then um, hooded towels, which if you've had a little kid you know that they love the hooded mm -hmm. towels and so yeah. um, the woman um, in somewhere in the southeast, somewhere, <laughs> she, I think it's Florida, I don't know, she, she makes them herself. And it's in honor of her son, Derek, who passed away a year and a half ago. And he was a Gamerosity kid. And so we're lucky enough to have her be a part of it and support. And so that's in there. And there's bracelets and hats. And, and we've had comic books in there before and T-shirts and stuff like that to help them while they're in treatment. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, like, Griff, could you tell us, like, uh has anybody like Apple or Marvel Comics or you know anybody some of those bigger price items has has anybody tried to like give you a discount or help you out with any of those kind of deals? Uh, well, actually, DC Comics gives like countless number of their like little kid comics, which actually coincidentally sometimes are way too inappropriate for like the <laughs> age group. <laughs> so like some of the comics you'll see are like perfect for little kids, just normal comic book action and then some of them will just be like super dark. full on cleavage all the <laughs> right. way or super like gory and yeah. they all come in the same box so like yeah little kid D comics yeah. that's the thing like DC's been great like they always send comics just mm -hmm. kind of randomly even if we're not out they don't ask they just kind of send them out um, other than that like Apple doesn't do a lot of direct work with anyone because mm -hmm. they're Apple and, and they're above that yeah well yeah I don't I don't even know if it's that it's just they're just a huge company, oh, yeah. and here we yeah. are, like some little outfit in Ford, Oregon. Yeah. yeah, two angry people working in a shop together, <laughs> yeah. sixty hours a week, and then kind of doing this on the side. But as far as big outfits like that, no, nothing really. It's mm -hmm. just kind of us working through yeah. taking the elements that we use for screen printing and using them for gamerosity. Mm -hmm. But uh, anything else in the hero packages that companies have either discounted or given uh yeah yeah i um, talked about the dc comics and yeah dc comics all the inappropriate cool comic books and all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um we get the cases and the headphones at about 60 percent off oh cool wow. um so we have a relationship with a wholesaler and whose son has special needs and this kind of touches heart and so um for the last three years, he's very patiently worked with me, and I'm really, like I said, I'm about experience. So if a case doesn't have the right feel for me, if it doesn't feel like it's harmonious with mm -hmm. the package, I don't want it. Yeah. And so and he always has these ideas like, oh, this one's a couple bucks cheaper, you should give it a try, and I get it. I'm like, this is 
chintzy I don't want it you know and so he's he's been great he's awesome to work with and um, been a huge help for us with that um, I'm always stocking um, Fred Meyer Target Walmart for the cheapest iPads I do have I have quite a few friends that when, when there are iPads on sale somewhere that I don't know about, they always text me and let me know. And then um, I've, I've, I don't know how, but I became Facebook friends with um, a guy named Chris who's an employee at, at Fred Meyer. And so whenever they're on sale, he, he'll uh, message me and let me know, like, hey, iPads are on sale or whatever. And so I'll go, you know, and like, even if we only need a couple to have shipped out, if it's on sale, I'll buy like, 10 of them or whatever they have just to have enough of a discount and then so if we get like 20 bucks off and I get 10 of them that's you know 200 bucks and so I'll go and and either you know match donations for that amount of time or we apply it someplace else or if there's a child who who's in a situation where time is of the essence we will rush it out to them or whatever I mean there's so many expenses that comes with running an yeah. organization it's insane yeah. You know, and sometimes there's not enough resources there to have at it. Like, I've always made this commitment that all retail funds, all funds coming from the website will always go towards the kids' hero packages. Mm -hmm. In one way or another, it goes towards that. If we ever had an employee, which we do now, um, who, Rebecca works 10 hours a week for Gamerosity, so we're really pushing the budget here. <laughs> You're moving up in the world, man. And um, if we ever, I always said if we ever got an employee, those resources would be paid from outside third-party fundraising type things. Mm -hmm. um, because I've always wanted, I just felt like, like, well, look, this is my nonprofit, I'll do what I want. And one of the things I've always wanted to do is like the impossible, right? Like the obnoxiously, irresponsibly, like, like impossible when it comes to running an organization and one of them was that you know you give me a hundred dollars I'm just gonna get a hundred dollars right back you know and that that was always the important thing for me now you know for for things that we've done like we've done movie events in the past and stuff like that those all those exterior things always will support some of the operational needs we Gamerosity has rent Gamerosity has insurance that we have to pay for and we have you know supplies that we have to buy a thousand at a time mm -hmm. instead of one at a time and so we pay for stuff up front we had a we had to buy the stuffies we give the kids which is a stuffed animal of our logo and it's freaking adorable um they're 850 each but i had to buy 500 of them at a time <laughs> so yeah it's 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 a big old wow. kick in the pants you know right away it's like oh i can't spend that much money but i had to you know mm -hmm. my wife was sewing them from scratch at one point and which was super cool until you have 10 of them you gotta make and yeah. you know like you want to talk That's about crazy. and i don't run an old folks home otherwise i'd have them do, like <laughs> make it for arts and craft time <laughs> like it was happy gilmore but my fingers hurt yeah, now your back's gonna hurt <laughs> yard duty so um i mean it's it's that was a funny time because that was like a family affair i mean my my daughter i remember one of the most adorable moments was my daughter sitting on the sofa watching TV and she's she has a bag of cotton next to her and she's filling the stuffies. She's stuffing the stuffies with cotton for the for the game awesome. awesome. Now they help in other ways, but yeah. we bought them all in bulk. She did because it because I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we figured that one, Griff. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, well that's awesome, man. We we don't have too much time left. Um, but what, what kind of is the future for Gamerosity? What do you kind of see vision-wise happen? Um, if you could have your dreams happen. With so so we, we kind of worked in phases. When we first started, there was a secondary idea that we had. But first, like we created a new culture. Uh, this was before, you know, GoFundMe was around. Yeah. When we got the idea for Gamerosity. So like, like we- which, which was when? I got the idea in December 2011. Okay. We didn't launch till February 2013 because oh, wow. I just wanted to do this right. Oh yeah. Um, especially when you're creating a new narrative, a new way, new behavior of how people fundraise and how people support kids. Mm. Like you got, you got, you can't mess up. Like you got to do yeah, it right. right, otherwise right. you're dismissed right away. And so we spent a lot of time on on that platform. And in my mind, that platform was going to have its own legs and just fly on its own and it wasn't going to need me as involved like people were going to fund their own kids like the families were and then we just fulfill everything and life is good i didn't realize that it, you know like a lot of times and 
I now have to be the person who shares the experience behind it and why you should fund it. And so always pushing, always pushing. So it kind of set things back a little bit. And so um, in August last year, we got um, a $10,000 grant from the Sheckler Foundation um, specifically for an app that we wanted to build. Um, I don't want to say much about it, um, but the main thing that we're going to do is, and the word we use a lot is we're going to gamify the childhood cancer experience. Um, we want to connect kids, and we have now a database of 450 children who've been, you know, a part of Gamer Rossi and understand it, where they, um, where we kind of incentivize and encourage them to lift one another up, provide advice, connect with one another, share with one another. Um, and help them while they're going through treatment. Um, encourage a healthy lifestyle, being active physically while they're in treatment as best as their conditions allow them to and also to um, focus or allow or invite nutritional health options into their life while they're in treatment. So this is there's a lot of moving parts in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big undertaking. Uh, $10,000 is um, a lot of money and I, it's so discouraging that that is a drop in the bucket oh, when yeah. it comes to what it's going to take to develop this app. I mean, you want to talk about a support need. I would, the development team that we went to to discuss it, and this is a team that could actually execute it, and we're pumped about it, and they're willing to donate a portion to it. They basically said with the $10,000, the best they can do at this time is to come up with a proof of concept so we could take it to potential <laughs> foundations and investors so they yeah. could fund it and support yeah. it. I mean, like, when I, you could hand me $10,000 and there's literally nothing I can offer you that wouldn't be less than everything I got, you know? <laughs> like, like, there's nothing I could do with my life where I could say, yeah, the best I could do with that 10 grand is give you a proof of concept, but that's how big this idea is. Yeah, he'd you know? sell me as a slave for 10 grand. <laughs> so, you know, our, our, the mission of Gamerosity is to change the treatment experience for kids with cancer which is a lofty goal. Like yeah. everyone else's missions are very conservative. Like we want to let kids know they're loved and that's fantastic and good for you, you know, but we set out, like I would not take hours or years off my life of like being in the nonprofit life. And if you've ever led a nonprofit, you're gonna die early cause <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do that if I wasn't trying to change a narrative. Like, mm -hmm. and that's, that's plain and simple. So when we set out, we said our goal is to change the treatment experience, change how kids approach and undergo treatment, how their day-to-day -day life is. We wanna tap into all of those experiences, those emotions, the good and the bad, and really help set it apart from them. Um, obviously, we want them to no longer have cancer and move on with their life. Um, but during this season of their life, we want them to feel like it's, it's people used to go through it in a more difficult way than they do now because of what Gamerosity has done through the power of community. Um, so it's, we're, we're, if it took us a year and a half to launch our platform, I can't imagine how long this is going to take. <laughs> so I'm encouraged because, you know, the sh like that Sheckler grant is super cool and it's going to yeah. be great um, and it's going to help get us off the ground. But it's definitely upsetting to know that we're like, like 10% of the way there, yeah. you know, so. Well, being that you need but a lot more funding and a lot more money. These $3. $3 is going to get there, you there. So. Uh, what are some other ways that our listeners and people that, that hear this podcast can, can support? You know what, man? Gamerosity is grassroots, um, and it's always been about making your due greater than your doubt. So if you feel like you can't do enough, like all oh, this is going to make a difference or matter, then then like your your something is better than your nothing. And so, whatever you feel pushed or called to do, find what it is that you do well, and 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 dig into that and channel that into something positive. You know, there's obviously there's. There's the website and there's 251 kids that are waiting for hero packages right now from mm -hmm. us, you know. Um, so if you can find a way to fundraise for that and adopt a hero, yeah, then awesome. Find 50 people to buy one shirt for this in this kid's honor, and now you're rocking a Gamerosity shirt, and you just funded a hero campaign. It's that practical. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from personal experience, all the Gamerosity stuff is super cool. My entire family is decked out from littlest kid <laughs> to me. So uh, 
we love what you guys are doing. Super cool, man. Uh, we will pray for you. We'll say that, but we, <laughs> we really will. And uh, obviously, we're supporters. We're, we're big fans. Uh, so the website is just Gamerosity.com. Mm-hmm. Is that, that simple? So just go to Gamerosity.com, throw a dollar, throw a million dollars, whatever you want to throw buy their way um, to help change the experience of these kids. Um, that's all we have time for unless you guys have any other closing, st- closing statements. Griff, you got something just profound to say? I don't. <laughs> I know this is where I come in and just drop a bomb yeah, and then dude, drop the mic, like, walk out, and you guys just leave, but there's nothing. Manny, any, any closing remarks? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you coming on in and having your first remote here at the Forte headquarters. <laughs> For a tour podcast, this is by far the best one we've had so far. So yeah. uh, thanks nice. for your time, guys. Uh, and on that note, guys, this is the end of the Awkward Pastor podcast. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, all that crap that I always have to say. And Dave just <laughs> makes fun of me. Uh, we love you. That's another episode of the Awkward Pastor Podcast. You're welcome, America.